Hello everyone and welcome back to Metalcore and Muscle. My name is Evan. I'm going to be your host for today's episode. In today's episode, we're going to be covering a few different topics. We are going to dive into what makes a great workout playlist, where I will be providing a sample workout playlist that um, that you could add all those songs to your own or hopefully kind of give you some tools and some things to think about when you're creating your own workout playlist. Then we're going to go into discussing some of my time trying to be a fitness influencer and some of the lessons that I learned from that experience. Um, We'll round into a fitness tip discussing drop sets, and then we will finish off the episode with the song of the week selection. So wherever you're at, However you listen to podcasts, I hope you sit back and enjoy this one. Without further ado, let's dive into what makes a great workout playlist. So in thinking of this section of what makes a great workout playlist, I th- I thought it kind of helped me to think about what makes a bad one or what don't I like when I'm listening to music and working out. So some of the things that I don't really enjoy are when songs that come, when songs come on my playlist or onto my Um, come through my headphones that I just don't really enjoy or if they just don't match the tempo of my workout. So right now on my Spotify, I have an ultimate workout playlist, which when I originally created it, I was trying to put in there just only only songs that I would just never skip. And over time, you kind of get sick of some of the songs or... um, Maybe they just don't really line up with what you're trying to do. So I find myself having to skip through a lot of songs while I'm working out. And I sort of use it, the playlist, also as a way to save music that comes through on my release radar that I really like. Um, So I'll add those songs to my workout playlist, but they may not exactly fit with the workout that I'm doing that day. So what I wanted to do today was discuss what makes a great workout playlist. So one of the things that I think makes a great workout playlist is having songs that match your workout and match what you're trying to do with your workout. So I think of having at the beginning of your playlist, this would be like a perfect playlist example, um, would be having songs that are sort of not as heavy but they help you sort of get warmed up to the workout. So I also think of songs that kind of help boost confidence as well. So sometimes for these warm-up songs, I actually think of like hip-hop or even some rap songs. So I know it doesn't necessarily fit with the metalcore theme of this podcast, but sometimes I will use um, rap songs at the beginning of my playlist to sort of um, establish that confidence and they're not heavy. So I don't really use them for hitting my top sets of really hard lifts. So what I'm going to do through this section of today's episode is highlight and sort of create a playlist while we're going through. So like I said, when you're starting off this this exercise playlist, we want to have some songs that are um, going to set the tone for the workout that are kind of upbeat and they help get you warmed up. So some of the songs that I included for the warm up section of the playlist, we've got countdown by danger kids. So I believe I included danger kids in my 
um, my episode of most underrated metalcore bands. And Danger Kids combine rap elements with metalcore elements. And um, some I think some of their influences were Linkin Park. So you can kind of hear that in their songs. But Countdown is a great one that... Um, sort of a building track and really high energy as well. So it's a great one for warming up. I also included the song Cities by the band Siamese. So I believe I've talked about Cities before on this podcast, but um, sort of has some um, sort of like, I think of, um, it's like drumming, but almost like, not like bongo drums, but kind of has this like nice build up, and then it breaks into um, a really nice, really nice verse and chorus, and it's just a great song for getting warmed up. It's, there's no harsh vocals or anything like that, um, so it's just a solid warm-up song. And then the I have a couple different options for the third warm-up track, and if you're looking for more of the rap route, like I said, I kind of like some rap music at this in this section of my playlist. And I have the song Fed Up by Bazanji. And if you like more of the metalcore route, I have the Children of Cybertron by Amir. And Amir is a pretty heavy band. And this section of Children of Cybertron is it's kind of a, an opening track. Um, another great one that I think of in this is Without Walls by um, of my or Memphis Mayfire. And I've talked about that one as well. It's a it's an opening song. It's a building song. Um, and then on Bless the Falls album, what's what's left of me? Um, they have an opening track. I can't think of the name of it right now, but that that song would work as well. So I think of those type of songs. They're kind of maybe like album openers as good good warm up songs as well. So criteria for the warm-up songs on a playlist just think of songs that maybe aren't as heavy but they're high energy they kind of get you feeling confident and ready to to move some heavy weight and that kind of sets us up to transition into the next section of the playlist which is going to be the heavy songs with lots of breakdowns that um, that we're going to try to use to hit prs in the gym or to help us push through um, the hard sets on those compound exercises. So when I think of using breakdowns for PRs, that's the first episode of the podcast. We're we're going to try to line up those heavy parts, the breakdowns of these metalcore songs, line them up with the hardest workouts or hardest exercises in our workout. And, you know, I think of the way that you would structure your workout you want to have your warm up first, and then you move into the exercises that are going to require the most energy from yourself. And so, those exercises come next in the workout routine. So we want our heaviest music to line up next on the playlist. And so, these are songs that have really heavy breakdowns that you can kind of help, like I said, push you through those hard sets. So, I've chosen three different songs here for breakdown city so <laughs> we have um world without a sun by O sleeper so i've talked about O sleeper on the podcast before as well i talked about um them in the lyrical analysis and we discussed the songs um son of the morning and um the finisher 
but today I'm going to be talking about World Without a Sun. So World Without a Sun, um, pretty heavy song, but there's a section in the middle where the lyrics say, I fear a world without a sun, and it goes into this really, it's like an upbeat guitar. It's not a super, um, there's no like drop out of vocals or anything. He kind of holds a long scream, and then the music really picks up into a fast tempo, and um, it's just an awesome song. And in high school, my friends and I would use a lot of O Sleeper songs to hit PRs on bench press. So um, World Without a Sun definitely works, especially if you're into metalcore. So have that one first. And then the next kind of breakdown heavy song that I have is Leveler by August Burns Red. So we've discussed ABR before on the, on the podcast. Um, Leveler has a few different breakdowns that are awesome. Um, at the ending, there's a really heavy section where the lyrics are like le voler make i think they say make way for the or clear the road something like that i can't remember the exact lyrics um but the way that they have it structured it's just the really heavy finale to the song um but then there's another section where jake says um if i had not decided to follow him um meaning follow jesus christ then i would tear you apart like a lion Um, and that whole section is really, really heavy and you can kind of feel the emotion from Jake in that section. Um, I may have gotten the lyrics a little mixed up, but, um, Leveler is a great song with different, there's multiple breakdowns within that song that, um, work really well for, for hitting PRs. And then the last song that I have that is breakdown heavy is Romance is Dead by Parkway Drive. So this song, there's if you're you know going through a breakup or something like that this song <laughs> works well for that um motivation or drive um but if you're not going through a breakdown the song is just still really heavy and the kind of final breakdown in that song still gives me chills to this day and I've listened to it um about 100 times so shout out to my friend Chris he showed me Romance is Dead by Parkway Drive way back when we were in high school and maybe even middle school and even before I was into really heavy music, you could still appreciate um, the talent that goes into the instrumentals in that song as well. So um, those three songs kind of make up the the really what I would call breakdown city in the playlist. So those are going to be used to hit those PRs in the gym. So then um, we're going to move into the next section of the playlist, which is designated for the auxiliary exercises. So Auxiliary exercises are like your lateral raise, your tricep extension, um, bicep curls, um, you know, lat pull down, um, more of these sort of, I wouldn't call them like necessarily fun exercises, but like leg extension, leg curl, they, they don't require as much energy as say, like hitting your top set on squat or deadlift or bench press or military press. So for these songs, they can be less breakdown heavy, but I still think of heavy enough songs that are going to push you through and give you the energy and the drive um, to finish that workout strong. So some of these songs that I've selected come from a variety of bands that I've included on the podcast and maybe some new ones as well. So um, for the auxiliary section of the playlist, I have Something to Live For by Like Mazda Flames, and this comes off of 
believe their first album with um, songs like GNF and um, I can't remember a lot of the other ones off the top of my head right now, but um, Faithless Living, I think, is another one on there. Um, but yeah, Something to Live For is an awesome song. They have a nice little blah breakdown in there where he says, you know, something to live for. And then blah, and it goes into this really heavy breakdown. So um, that song overall is just really heavy all the way through, which is nice for auxiliaries. But there's not like a set breakdown that you would queue up to try to hit a really heavy personal record. Um, then we move into High Horse by Ocean's 8 Alaska. So... Um, <laughs> This opening section of this song is um, get off your high horse. And I think he says bow down before me. And then it goes into this really like kind of technical guitar work. I mean, Ocean's 8 Alaska is really, I would say they're known more for their instrumentals than their vocals. Um, but that's not to say that it that takes anything away from the vocalist's capabilities. So High Horse is a really fun song from Ocean's and... Overall, it just has a fast tempo, pretty heavy for the most part. Um, and then we move into a band that I've recently got into that I was kind of sleeping on for a long time, and that is the band Darko US. So I didn't know this until recently, but the lead singer for Darko, or lead screamer, um, they don't have cleans, I don't think. So um, the screamer is actually the new screamer for Chelsea's Grin, and when I first heard Darko, I could kind of recognize the sections of the songs. I'm like, man, that really sounds familiar. Um, and then realized that um, it's the lead singer from Chelsea's Grin and particularly reminds me of the song from Chelsea's Grin, Hostage, which um, if you haven't heard of them either, they're really heavy. And that song, Hostage, is super heavy as well. But um, Darko, just like Chelsea's Grin, is also very heavy. And I've included the song Acid Inject by them, which is fairly new. And I've been having this song play constantly while I'm working out. So um, it's just a great song. You should check out Darko. I believe they released an album last year. And sometimes I will just start that album, like first song, and just run it all the way through. And um, really, really solid metalcore music. And then we round into the last one for the auxiliaries I have is Can You Feel My Heart by um, Can You Feel My Heart by Jeez I'm blanking Bring Me the Horizon Jeez um, it's their most po- one of their most popular songs um, you could also include like Sleepwalking in there or even Shadow Moses but we're starting to transition now from our auxiliaries into more of our cooldown at this point so. Can You Feel My Heart could also be used as a warm-up song as well. It's not super heavy, but it just has a really, um, in my opinion, it has a really motivating sound to it. And um, that's why I included it in this this workout playlist. But that kind of summarizes or wraps up the auxiliary section of the playlist. So auxiliaries, you know, they're not going to require that much energy, but we still want to keep the workout moving through and keep going strong. Um, and so then we move into the cool down section and I didn't want to have songs in here that are super slow because obviously, um, you know, we, with the cool down and 
weight training. I think of more like stretching and just kind of having songs that you enjoy on there. So I included Endorphins by Dom Bronco. Um, they're another band that I've slept on as well. And Endorphins came up on my daily mix and really enjoy that song. It's a fun, fun track. And it's still heavy, but there's not, it's not as heavy. Uh, it's not heavy enough to include it in with like breakdowns or even the auxiliary. Um, and then for one of my favorite bands, I included the song As If It Never Was by Invent Animate. And this was part of an EP that they released last year. Um, and that song is really good as well. Once again, though, it kind of has more of a, a slow vibe, I would say. And then the final track for the playlist is My Understandings by Of Mice and Men. So that song is quite a bit slower, but comes from one of my favorite metalcore bands, Of Mice and Men, and um, just kind of a nice way to to really slow down and, and finish out that workout. So um, that's going to wrap up the playlist. Um, should be long enough for any of your workouts, but usually what I'll do for my workout playlist is just keep adding music to it. Um, the only problem with that is then you have to skip through a lot of songs if the songs just aren't quite right. So hopefully this kind of gives you an idea of how you could set up your own playlist, but I also will be sure to include my playlist in the show notes so that if you want to add these songs and check them out, um, you will have them available um, to add to your playlist. So that's going to do it for the workout playlist section of today's episode. Now we're going to move into um, discussing some of my experiences trying to be a fitness influencer. So let's dive into that topic. All right, so let's talk about some fitness influencers. So for those of you that aren't familiar, um, a fitness influencer is basically like a fitness celebrity, right? They have the ability um, to influence their following to either purchase product or, um, or like supplements or purchase clothing, or a lot of times they will be sponsored. Um, a lot of times they'll be sponsored by clothing and supplements, but they may also have their own um, like fitness training apps or programs that they will also try to um, influence, quote, influence their following to, to purchase or dive into. So um, just to, I want to start off this section by kind of discussing some of the fitness influencers that um, impacted me back in the early 2010s. So for me, I remember when I was in high school, my friend Ibrahim showed me um, and talked about Z's. So Z's, I can't remember his last name, Shafarishim, or um, I don't want to butcher it and do ill justice to him, but um, Z's and then his brother Chessbra, which if you're into fitness, you probably have heard of these guys, um, sort of created the aesthetics movement. So um, I remember my friend Ibrahim showed me Z's and what his physique was like, and I would say he was one of the first influencers in the fitness industry. And then my friend Ibrahim also showed me Greg Plitt, who was also, um, and rest in peace to Greg Plitt and to Z's. Um, they both unfortunately passed away uh, very young. And with Greg Plitt, 
Like, I would say Greg Plitt had more of an impact on me than any, any other fitness influencer. And Greg Plitt would have these videos where he would do all these motivational talks. And I think for a lot of people in the early 2010s, they were motivated by Greg Plitt. He was on YouTube and he was doing um, a lot of things that I would say he was ahead of his time for that type of content. You know, you see a lot of that motivational content now from people like David Goggins and, you know, a lot of these other like quote unquote alpha male guys. Um, But Greg Plitt was, I would say, OG with that. He was doing that stuff early on before these other people were. And Greg Plitt was a cover model and I believe an actor as well and was very, I think, well known in the fitness industry. And so those two Greg Plitt and Z's definitely had some influence on, on me at that time and what type of physique I wanted to have. Um, but then, you know, it later switched over into the popular influencers of the time, like Steve Cook and Jeff Side, Matt Ogus. Um, those those guys then became more mainstream, and I looked up to them more than I did. Um, like Greg Plitt at the time. So for Steve Cook, you guys probably know him. He's a Gymshark sponsored athlete. Um, Steve Cook had a football background, which I really resonated with as well. And I think it's important to mention here too, that a lot of these influencers, you can kind of generally maybe see a little bit of yourself in them or, oh, if they can do it, then I can do it. And that kind of had a a role in me um, trying to grow my following at, at the time. And we'll get to that. But, um, with Steve cook, you know, he was a football player in college, which I was a football player in high school. I wanted to play college and Steve cook then switched into doing men's physique and he was sponsored by optimum nutrition. And, you know, he was also a part of bodybuilding.com, which was really popular back then. Um, they had the forums, they sold supplements, they had, um, like clothing. So they were a big, a very popular company at the time. I don't think they're as popular now as they were back then, but Steve Cook was very much a part of all of that at the time, very popular. And, you know, he was sponsored by one of the best supplement companies. He was in men's physique. He was on magazine articles or on magazine um, covers. And so, you know, who wouldn't want that lifestyle, especially if you were in into fitness. So for me at the time, um, I watched a lot of Steve Cook's videos on YouTube when he had the Swolger Nation series. Um, I still have some of the shirts, the Swolger Nation shirts, and you know he was, you, you know he was a role model for I think a lot of young young males at that time. And so for me, you know I kind of saw a little bit of myself in Steve as a young college student that, you know, oh, maybe I can do that as well. And so Steve Cook definitely had an influence on me at that time, as well as not only for training and nutrition, but also for uh, my aspirations for competing in men's physique. And then um, guys like Jeff Side, they were kind of the next wave of um, people that were similar to Z's. So really preaching aesthetics and um, I kind of lump Jeff side in with Matt Ogus, although Matt Ogus did more of um, natural bodybuilding shows. Jeff side was competing in the NPC as a men's physique athlete. And Jeff side is only, 
I believe he's like six days older than me. So for me, I definitely looked up to Jeff's side as like, oh man, if he can do it, then I can do it. You know, that type of thing. And um, definitely tried to sort of, I wouldn't say emulate him, but you know, I had similar aspirations and I was just a little bit behind. Right. So he had gotten his pro card, I think in 2012 and he was competing in pro shows in 2013 and 2013 was when I was starting to think about doing men's physique. And then I did my first men's physique show in 2014. So, um, you know, Jeff side was, I think he still is a natural, um, I don't think he's taken performance enhancing drugs. Maybe he has, but I don't see his physique as being something that's outside of the realm of possibility as a natural. Um, and I didn't at that time either. So I thought, okay, I could look like these guys. I could try to do what they're doing. And so that kind of all had an influence on, on me at that time and my goals for, you know, competing and also, you know, just an impact on my lifestyle. So those were the early fitness influencers that had an impact in my life. It's funny because Steve Cook has remained in the scene for a while, but Jeff side has gone kind of a little bit more quiet, um, on social media as of then. But then, then you saw guys come in like David Laid, um, Christian Guzman, Dylan McKenna, um, a lot of these later influencers that come through and kind of bring on this new wave of influencer that we see today, um, where they've been able to utilize their following to create supplement companies and lots of product and be sponsored by all these companies. Whereas, um, and, and I guess these, this new wave is using their social media platform to, um, create all these things. Whereas back in the day, it was more like, I think of a guy like, um, like Julian Smith and, you know, he was sponsored by Optum Nutrition and that was how I found him on social media. It wasn't that he was already a big name, and then the sponsorships came. It was, I actually found him because of who he was sponsored by. So it's interesting how that's kind of changed throughout time. But for me back in 2013, um, that was when I did my first cut and I got pretty lean for, for competition. And this was, you know, a couple of years after Instagram was popular and, like I said earlier, that bodybuilding.com was the big platform. And bodybuilding.com would run these contests where you could submit photos and they would feature you on their website. And so they would also do these transformation contests as well. And so for me at the time, um, they were doing this, I think it was like a big man on campus style um, contest. And so this was one of the first times that I took a picture of myself and posted it on my Instagram. And this is keep in mind back in 2013. So definitely wasn't as popular to do as it is now. Um, and so I was lean and I posted this photo and tried to enter into this contest. And so that was kind of the, the kickstart for, I guess me trying to sort of make it in the fitness industry. And so, you know, I kind of kept that up. I kept posting photos and stuff and trying to, you know, like build a following but back then it was more get discovered by a supplement company and then that supplement company will sort of help you um, like quote unquote become famous or become an influencer. Whereas nowadays, like I said, it's more the other way around. You build your following and then the supplement companies come. So, you know, fast forward a little bit. I kept, you know, trying to post a lot of my 
on my Instagram and I competed in my first show. I got third and you know, my sights were still set on trying to become an IFBB pro as well. And so did a second show, my second NPC men's physique show. And then I saw this Dimatize, so that Dimatize Nutrition, they were doing an athlete search. And so I was like coming off the heels of my second show and I wanted to enter into this search. And so I entered into the search and I actually made it through the first round of cuts, I guess. And I think it was done by a voting system. So, um, my wife, Linda, she was, you know, promoting it on her Facebook account. I was sharing it, like trying to get people to vote for me and I made it to the second round. So for me, that was like, Ooh, man, I, you know, might have a shot at, at winning this thing. And it obviously didn't end up working out, but the point is there that it kind of made me believe that I could. And so, and so I kind of had this belief in my mind that, you know, Hey, I can, I could probably get sponsored. It's just, you know, I just got to keep working at it. And so for me, my aspirations at that time were keep competing and trying to become a pro and, you know, just post a bunch on social media. And so, you know, the, at that time, the aspirations sort of switched more to competing than like being a social media star. And so I finished out my, my competitive career and sort of hung up the aspirations of competing in 2016. I did four shows and just stopped because it was just putting too much strain on the people in my life. And, but then it was like, well, what am I going to do now? And so, you know, I kind of transitioned more into trying to grow and create a YouTube channel. And so I created a YouTube channel called the University of Aesthetics. And keep in mind at the time, I was really big into um, the School of Greatness, which is Lewis Howe's podcast. And, you know, at the time I was like getting really into the self-help stuff and I'm not a huge fan of that stuff anymore, but at the time I was really into it. And so I created this YouTube channel called the university of aesthetics. And the idea was that, you know, I would create, like I would do vlog style videos, workout videos, and then I would try to interview, um, like local competitors and, um, you know, have all of that stuff on that channel. And it's funny because I've noticed this now that a lot of, people that want to be influencers will adopt or for lack of a better word, copy content from other people. And, you know, I think I was definitely sort of doing that at that time, regrettably so, but, um, that's what you do see a lot of times is these, um, I don't want to say wannabes because it sounds really negative, but people that, um, maybe aren't tapping into their, the things that make them unique and utilizing that to grow a following. Instead, they're adopting content ideas from other influencers, which, you know, I guess goes to the point that the influencers are doing their job correctly because they are influencing fans and people. So long story short, I had this YouTube channel and, and I posted a lot of videos on there and, 
you know, at the time, I think the videos at first were on par with um, some content that was out in the industry. I, I didn't have crazy edits. Um, I did it all myself. So I used um, iMovie for some of it and then Sony Vegas as well to edit my content. And um, and the videos are still up, you know, I mean, obviously people can check it out. I've now changed the YouTube channel to Metalcore Muscle, and that's where I post some of the video format of these podcasts. Um, but at the time I had workout videos on there and, um, and some tip videos, that type of stuff. And, you know, some of the videos did fairly well. Um, I believe a, a few of them, a handful maybe have over, you know, 2000 views, 3000 views. So, you know, it was, it was solid. I, and it just kind of the the requirements to stay in it became too much like i would have had to have purchased a really high quality camera and i couldn't do all the editing myself and i moved towns and so for me it was just like the the effort to stay in it and produce high quality content just kind of faded away and it's funny looking back at a lot of those videos because i actually don't I don't agree with a lot of the things that I said in them now. Um, so that would be an interesting video for YouTube to go back and sort of critique my old advice. But, um, you know, a lot of that time that I was trying to do that was um, when I was going through that, what I thought was an eating disorder as well as body dysmorphia. And um, it's just kind of funny to see where my mind was at at that time. But luckily for me, I got out of it. Um, so the sort of all of this kind of culminated with me trying to do the bodybuilding.com spokesmodel search. And they, for those of you that aren't familiar, it was basically bodybuilding.com would ask people to create these videos where they discuss, you know, how bodybuilding.com has impacted their fitness journey. And then the, the final, the final winners, um, they win a sponsorship with bodybuilding.com. So for me, that was like, this was like 2017 at this point. And for me, it was like, this is my last chance to try to become a sponsored athlete. And, you know, obviously it didn't work out. I didn't win, but for me, that was kind of the last straw. And I was putting so much work in the gym because I was overly obsessed with my physique and trying to to get, I try, was trying to be super lean, but I was also trying to be really muscular. And one thing that, that really helped me sort of snap out of this was my wife, um, we returned from a trip to Los Angeles and I may have discussed this story before, but we were, I was about ready to go to the gym and this is when I was in that really obsessive training phase. And, and I couldn't, push myself to go. And I was actually like got kind of emotional because I was scared to go to the gym because of I, we had taken this break and I came back and it was like, I was going to have to push myself to the level that I was at before. And I just couldn't do it. And my wife, we, and we were kind of having this, this discussion that evening. And the question came up, like, why do you feel like you need to do this? And, you know, it really, struck me and kind of impacted me like why am I doing this and you know I realized that I had created this identity with myself as the like the bodybuilder or you know created this like I 
regarded myself as that and I saw my own worth and value in that. And so, and I also cared a lot about what other people thought of me. And so if I didn't push myself to that way, then, you know, I was a failure. That was kind of the thought process that I had through all that. And it was really hard to sort of strip away that, that why and the reason why I was doing it. And I realized that a lot of it was caring about what other people thought of me. And when I let go of that, um, thanks to my wife having this conversation with me, I was able to sort of free myself from um, sort of that that like prison of, of standard and expectation of holding myself to that high level. And it kind of helped me initially sort of snap out of that obsessive weight training. Um, and so to kind of bring this back to being trying to be a fitness influencer, there are some takeaways here that I want to touch on. And one thing that, you know, I would have said if back when I was doing this was if somebody asked me, why are you doing this? I would have said, you know, oh, I want to help people. Well, I can tell you that at that time, it wasn't so much to help people. I was so focused on myself. And so what I think about with this with influencers is asking people that want to be a fitness influencer or want to do that stuff is why do you want to do that? And, you know, if people say, well, I want to help or reach more people, like if I have a huge following, I can, I can help more people. Yeah. You know, I can reach them. That may be true. But the question that I would ask would be, are you helping people right now in your immediate, you know, have you, are you a personal trainer? Are you actually, um, helping the people that you can help immediately around you. Um, if you're, if you're like a, like for me, for example, at that time, like when I was a college student early on, it was like, I wasn't even training or helping people in my immediate circle and just wanted to skip all of that step and be like, basically be famous influencers so that, um, you know, I could train and basically just get paid to focus on myself. And so I think that for a lot of these people that claim that they want to be influencers, um, I would say it's, it's important to take a step back and really focus on why do you want to do that? Um, what is the actual reason? And, you know, it would encourage people not to sell out online for sponsorships and all that. And it kind of makes me think too of the question, like, to ask people is, you know, do you take advice from influencers and is their advice just credible because they have a large following? Um, so those are just interesting things to think about. And, you know, I think the, the big message out there to people that maybe are trying to be, you know, famous in the fitness industry or influencers is, is really asking yourself, why do you want to do that? And I'm grateful that, you know, I was humbled in a way that I was able to sort of take a step back and, and realize at that time, like, Hey, this isn't actually for other people. I'm doing this for myself and I need to change. And so I was able to sort of restructure my identity and try to become more than just my body and, and more than just doing things to, to try to care or just doing things out of the, the care of um, trying to think about what other people think of me. So I hope all this stuff makes sense. Um, there, are, I believe there are some takeaways there, but I'm grateful that 
I didn't push really far down that route because my intentions were not pure at that time. So what I'd like to do now is switch into the fitness tip section of today's podcast. And we're talking all about drop sets. So let's dive into that. All right. So you've probably heard of drop sets before if you're interested in fitness. So what I've done for today's fitness tip section is included an article from NASM, which is a popular certifying agency for personal trainers, group X instructors, that sort of thing. And they have an article that I'm just going to highlight and go through today. And I will also include this in the show notes. But this article is titled Drop Sets for Gains, Why This Lifting Format Works. So drop sets are a resistance training technique um, that bodybuilders and strength athletes will perform to help the lifter reach um, muscle fatigue in a more time-efficient way than um, what they call horizontal loading. So in a drop set, and I'm quoting this from the article, in a drop set, the lifter will perform as many reps as they can with good form until their muscles fatigue or they can no longer maintain proper form. At that point, they immediately lighten the load and perform the same exercise to fatigue again without resting between load changes. A lifter can drop the weight two to three times within the same set to further fatigue the muscles beyond what they would have been able to do by staying at the first weight. So um, definitely a technique that is fun to utilize in the gym. Um, So they have some guidelines here, general rep ranges and weights for drop sets. So um, they say here, as a general guideline, you can choose a weight appropriate for 6 to 12 rep max to start and then perform as many reps as you can until you start to fatigue or lose form. You'll immediately decrease the load anywhere from 5 to 25% for each drop. It's worth noting that the more you decrease the load, the more reps you'll be able to do before reaching fatigue. A smaller decrease in load will probably allow you only to complete 2 to 4 additional repetitions. Um so they say you can perform two to three drops within a single set. And they also indicate here that research doesn't show any additional benefits beyond three drops. So the next section of the article is why do drop sets work? And they say that, let's dive into this section here. Um, so in a standard horizontal in standard horizontal loading, the lifter will perform a designated number of reps of an exercise aiming to reach muscular f- failure and then rest for 60 seconds before performing the next set. Um, Dr. Schoenfeld and Gregic posit that muscles are not completely fatigued once they reach concentric failure because they can still perform more reps at a lighter load. This is where drop sets come in handy. Um, Some researchers suggest that drop sets more fully fatigue the muscles, which can enhance muscular adaptations. So um, definitely something to include into your repertoire. Um, So I often think of adding these into, um, you know, if you're using like a selectorized machine, you know, you can pull that pin and then keep going. So those, the pin loaded machines work really well for these, but um, they also make some cable apparatus apparatuses that have um, they have like little switches. So you can sort of push the switch, and you can have drops already kind of pre-set up before you go into your actual set. Um, so you may have it at you know, let's say like eighty um, 
80, 60, 40, for example, you hit your first set with 80, then you can just flip the switch, and then 60 is already set, and then flip the switch, and 40 is already set. So those work really well, um, even better than the pin-loaded machines, in my opinion. So um, I encourage you to maybe toss some drop sets into your your routine. Um, I think sometimes, you know, lifting terminology is just kind of thrown around, like using drop sets or supersets. And, um, you know, maybe someone that's new to, to working out may not know exactly what that means. So I wanted to include in that fitness tip today, talking about drop sets and how you can utilize those in your routine. So let's move into the song of the week selection. So today's song of the week comes from the band Bad Omens. And Bad Omens is an awesome band. Um, Glass House is probably still one of my favorite songs of theirs um, from their first album. And their first album came out in 2015, and they, they were kind of criticized, or not necessarily criticized, but compared to Bring Me the Horizons a lot in their sound. And I think they've really sort of refined their sound. And this new album, which is called The Death of Peace of Mind, which came out on... I believe February 24th or 25th, um, they've really kind of come into their own their own sound, in my opinion, with this album. And the song that I've included for the song of the week off that album is the the first song on the album, which is called Concrete Jungle. So Concrete Jungle is the opening track of the album. And this song would be really great as a warm-up song for to include in your workout playlist. And it starts off kind of slow or slower, like kind of lighter tempo, lighter, I wouldn't necessarily lighter tempo, but, um, you know, using clean vocals, kind of a softer sound. Um, and then it gets heavy right at the two minute and 20 second mark, um, where, uh, Sebastian, I believe is his name, the vocalist, he comes out and says, and I'm the effing King. And then it drops into this really heavy section that, um, sometimes I will use that heavy section for, you know, a, a, one of my compound sets or like a heavier, heavier lift. Um, so concrete jungle is definitely a song worth checking out, worth adding to that workout playlist. Um, just give it a little time for it to really kick in. Um, I was really, really impressed with bad omens over throughout the pandemic because, um, they did a live, like a quote live show, like a live stream show and I was so impressed with the the sound that they had live. So if you have an opportunity to check these guys out live, I would totally recommend doing it. Um, I hope they come through the California, Southern California area, and hopefully I can catch them at a show as well. But um, the song of the week for this week is Concrete Jungle by Bad Omens. Um, I haven't had a chance to really dive into the new album in full depth, so... Um, if you're like me, maybe just play Concrete Jungle and then just let the whole album play through and check it out. But um, that is going to do it for episode number 14 of Metalcore and Muscle Podcast. I um, want to thank you guys for listening. Just to kind of summarize the the episode here, we did our workout playlist, um, kind of what to look for in a workout playlist, how to create one, uh, what makes a great one. We moved into discussing some of my time trying to be a fitness influencer, some of those takeaways and lessons that I've learned. We moved into the fitness tip, talking all about drop sets and rounded out the episode with the song of the week. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys stay safe and take care until next time.